0: I just finished the book A Fate Inked in Blood, which is like this Norse inspired fantasy romance novel that had some of the hottest, spicy scenes that I have read in a a minute. And I'm currently in between books. So if you are like me and you're looking for another fantasy world to devour, Dipsy has got you covered. You can dive into spicy enemies to lovers tales or embark on an epic romance between immortal fae and sworn foes. They've got fantasy romance stories perfect for your long morning walk, late night, or long bath.
1: Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, spicy audio stories that bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. And there's a growing library of fantasy series with werewolves, Greek gods, so if you're into Norse gods, you could switch to Greek gods, which could be fun, <laughs> Regency-era historical fiction, and Fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure.
0: New content is released every week, so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. Dipsy offers a modern approach to romance through high-quality and captivating audio fiction. For listeners of our show, Dipsy is is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipseystories.com/just slash up.
1: That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A Stories.com slash JustBreakUp. com slash JustBreakUp.
0: Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder,
1: And I'm Sam Blackwell. This week, we're going to tackle topics like when being supportive isn't enough, being accountable to your desires, and regaining our independence.
0: I feel dragged already. (laughs) Those are rude. Normally, you're like, we talk about butt stuff, (laughs) and I can giggle, but I'm just feeling... Little raw. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I know. Well,
1: they're very meaty topics that we're going to get into. Yes. But first, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we are not allowed to do this. (laughs) (laughs) Like, we should not be allowed to do this.
0: Yeah. No, uh, we don't know what we're doing. We are often wrong. Yeah. We are learning as we go we're mm-hmm. like toddlers trying right. to walk that's right except for actually trying to give like a dissertation in emotional vulnerability <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> but we can't actually speak any language yet uh-huh,
1: right or we're walk. not Brene brown we no. are not your therapist no we are not no
0: they all went to school
1: yep they spent studied
0: thousands of hours yeah to be um what we call a professional <laughs> uh-huh Which is what we are not. (laughs) Which is all to say, please take our advice as you see fit. We are just here to offer Mm -hmm. our humble musings to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience. That is love. Welcome to episode 56, Samuel. 56. 56. Uh, Okay, so our check-in topic today is inspired by a small letter.
1: A small letter? (laughs) It is.
0: It is. (laughs) a. It's a tiny little baby letter. The letter's from Broken Cupid, who's writing to us from California. And I'm going to really read it really fast. Yeah. Because it's so salacious <laughs> mm-hmm. and dramatic. And, I mean, Broken Cupid, you aren't being dramatic, but maybe maybe you should be. Yeah, right.
1: But- this- the circumstances me, surrounding you are very dramatic. Yeah,
0: let me get into the letter really quickly. Okay, so Broken Cupid wrote, I have been dating this guy for two years and I've never met his family, not a single family member, and only met up with one of his friends. Is that bad? Is he hiding me? He has met all of my sisters and met my dad via FaceTime. I told him I want to meet his family, but he always makes excuses. Every time someone calls him while we are together, he says he's with a friend or with someone instead of saying he's with his girlfriend. Is he denying me all this time for two years he started saying also he started saying love you instead of just i love you is there a difference should i be worried so okay
1: uh-huh <laughs>
0: <laughs> broken cupid uh absolutely you should totally be worried that that is unacceptable
1: mm-hmm.
0: you are definitely being hidden for sure i'm sorry yeah i'm sorry to break this to you but you know this. <laughs> you know this. This is inside you already. This is anxiety yeah. is in you. And um, I'm not going to... Uh, I want to talk about the idea of being hidden in mm-hmm. relationships on a greater, wider scale than just answering this one question. Yep. But um, Broken Cupid, pay attention. Because you deserve to be acknowledged and known by the people that love you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Being hidden in a relationship. Or secret relationships. Yes. How do you feel about them?
1: I mean, it's not nice to hide people.
0: <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> but have you done it?
1: Uh, Yes. But I'm also like a very private person. So yes. it's not like I was like ashamed of the person. It was more so just like, I don't like to, I didn't want to tell my parents about a relationship until I knew it was going to like yes. go somewhere. So like when Peter and I were dating, it took me like six months to tell my parents that I was dating someone, but it's mostly because I didn't want. It's not that I was shamed yeah. like ashamed of Peter like I thought he was really great but I also like had introduced my parents to so many boyfriends oh at my that God, point that, that I, I was just like yeah. can I not do this again
0: Yeah totally <laughs> I think where you and I are similar is that we um were Geminis and uh-huh. we're really good at categorizing things or like yeah. keeping things in their in their own little separate categories mm-hmm. and I think that sometimes the early stages of dating can really blur those lines for us. So we'd rather like keep those lines very yeah. s- harsh yep. and stern. Where we do di- uh, differ, differ from each other mm-hmm. is that I have hidden people. <laughs> 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 like not maliciously, but isn't it always malicious? <laughs> um, it was when I like was ashamed of who I was dating mm-hmm. or was ashamed that I was dating again, you know, fresh out of a relationship. I didn't want to my ex to know or my friends and or so you know like it was always like honestly y'all podcast family i can tell you all the different extenuating circumstances in which i was shady in my dating life but none of them are a justification for actually doing it
1: yeah no definitely it's
0: kind of like when you look back on like your personal growth and you're like oh yeah i totally did that for these reasons but i probably could have done better you know
1: (laughs) Um, but you didn't do it for two years, right? No. Yeah. See, like, that, I think, like, I think that it's normal to be a little bit, um like reticent Pre- with...
0: protective of of
1: yeah of like i don't want to jinx this or like i don't really know where this is going so i don't really want to like talk about it that much
0: or people don't want to be defined by their dating history yeah, like for sure. I-, I get really sensitive when people bring up people i used to date but maybe that's just my pride <laughs> screaming you for its life. <laughs> this
1: podcast where we talk about past relationships yeah, yeah, all but you're not time. like dragging me I drag you all the time.
0: Yeah, yeah, but, like, <laughs> they don't know who exactly we're talking about.
1: <laughs> but every time you're like, I want stated, I'm like, I know who she's talking about now.
0: <laughs> this is when I wish we had a video, like a, a YouTube series, just so people see your face at that moment. Um, yes, but, okay, anyway, I I think that this is 1,700 red flags. Oh, for sure. Um. After the point of six months, I would probably say. Up yeah. until then, people are allowed to not to find themselves by who they're dating. Mm-hmm. People are allowed to have, unfortunately, to all of those, like, bleeding, anxious, attachment-style <laughs> hearts. People are allowed to have lives outside of their dating lives that uh-huh. they keep private. Yep. Um, I think that's really hard for some of us because we want to be involved in it all. Mm-hmm. But uh, we are allowed to keep things private from our partners, especially early in the relationship for sure however
1: yeah however it's clear that this is like that's not what you want right broken cupid right your name right other
0: yes correct other the other lord and savior beyonce Uh
1: uh-huh once said
0: say my name (laughs) say my name you know like that if you if you think about that that the whole song is like why are you acting shady when you answer the phone uh-huh. and you say and you don't say that my, like my name when you answer the phone? Meaning yep. somebody else is around and you don't want. It. There's my little tiny dissertation on Destiny Channel. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that we are good at acknowledging when we don't feel acknowledged mm-hmm. internally, but we don't always voice it. Yeah. So broken cupid, uh, this is a. Uh, This is a red flag on fire for me. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Any more commentary on hiding in general? Because I think people, I think this happens more than we think.
1: Oh, for sure it does. For a
0: couple different reasons. One, let's volley. One, people don't, they're not ready to be in a relationship or they, or they want to date around.
1: Mm Hmm. Uh or they are, they don't actually see like a future in the relationship. And this is just like a fun thing that they're doing. Yeah. And they're completely leading you on. <laughs> yeah.
0: On the flip side, maybe they're not very close with their friends and family. Mm-hmm. And maybe like they feel better about their, li- their lives with you. But that also sounds like a slimy lie that yep. that version two person would say. <laughs>
1: yes. And it's like, you know, family shit is weird. And it's like, you know, some maybe that person doesn't want to introduce you to the family because they are ashamed of their family or because right. like there's a lot of, stuff there that they don't aren't ready to like unpack with you but like the fact that you haven't even met as friends is weird
0: yeah what do you do i don't mean that as a shamey thing but like
1: do you always just netflix and chill
0: let's let's (laughs) let's say a general question to all of the audience which is if you feel like your relationship isn't getting enough sunlight Mm -hmm. and by that i mean you are not your your interaction with your partner is so one-on-one and he takes you to the same restaurant all the time Mm -hmm. and he doesn't introduce you to his friends and he has you in his phone under a different name, (laughs) (laughs) throwback to like episode three or whatever, (laughs) Um, then I think that there is a conversation to be had about that you're allowed to take up space in your relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: And it's about, like, boundaries and expectations, too. Of course. <laughs> like, of course. No one wants to be hidden.
0: Ugh. And then in the digital age, actually, this might be one of the only circumstances in which it's it's harder now to hide a relationship than it was mm-hmm. in the 80s or yeah. before that.
1: Because it can show up all over the place. Yeah. And do you remember, text? like, in
0: Oprah, they would occasionally be like, my husband had a secret life across the country with four other women and mm-hmm. a baby. Yeah. Or more like four babies and another woman. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, because social media didn't exist and like phone tracking didn't exist and right. cell phones, you know, you could just be out in public and not people not know where you are.
1: For sure. But according to <laughs> Lifetime movies, it still happens all the time.
0: <laughs> we're going to come out with a just break up book of advice, but we're also going to come up with a just break up like romance novel. Yes. <laughs> with a bunch of like super sexy scenes in it in which people are just like rubbing our feet while we Read a nice book, you know, <laughs> sensual.
1: Perfect. I'm yeah. so into that idea.
0: All right. Um, I'm not sure what else to say about hiding. If any mm-hmm. of you have any uh, salacious, traumatizing stories about being hidden in a relationship, put yeah, us up us in know. the DMs. We will share it wi- anonymously with your consent.
1: Have you ever been hidden?
0: Oh yeah, I should have asked you that. Yeah. Honestly, not that I have no- that that I know of, uh-huh. but. Uh, I was a, I don't want to say side piece, but like a casual relationship that Mm. was happening that maybe people didn't know about. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know, but not, not in the degree that we're talking about here where, where it's like you are dating somebody and nobody knows that you're dating, I guess. Yeah. Long term.
1: I don't think that's ever happened. To To you, yeah.
0: Yeah, and we're over here, like I guess not that I know of. (laughs) Right, like it totally
1: could now that I think about it. How many times have I been hidden?
0: Yeah, let me let me let me restate my statement. If you have hidden either of us, (laughs) send us a DM. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get into our letters. All right. Our very first letter comes to us from Sad in the Swamp, who is writing to us from somewhere over the rainbow. Get a little creative there. Hi, my partner and I have been together for around 10 months and are in a monogamous relationship. We met while out dancing and she's brought some serious joy into my life over the time we've been together. We met while she was in CRNA school and still is. She has a year left. CRNA school is insanely demanding and time consuming for those who don't know. It's super intense and very dog eat dog. Because of this, I cook all of our meals for both of us. I do her grocery shopping. I check on her cat while she's away. I check her assignments for grammar before she submits them, etc. For the last seven months of the 10 we've known each other slash been together, we've been long distance because she's doing the clinical rotations in other cities. I've gone and visited her, her a couple times in those other cities, but it's hard because I have a couple pets of my own that I don't like to leave for long periods of time because it can get pricey. She is in town on weekends, and but when she's in town, she has to study, go to class, or do other school-related things often. We occasionally get to have a date night, but usually it's just us sitting in her apartment while she's working and I'm there maybe reading a book or breathing in the same air. She says she's too busy to cook for us, grocery shop, etc., and she gives me all the time she can, which may be true, but it's starting to feel like it's just not enough. She does sweet sweet and caring things sometimes, but I still feel like I might need more to be truly happy." It's been tough because we have been feeling really distant lately, and I told her last weekend that I often feel like an afterthought or taken for granted, which I've expressed previously. She keeps saying it's all temporary and that she just needs me to be supportive. But I feel like that's all I'm being, and I feel drained because I'm not getting any of that back. I told her I'm concerned because it feels like now she's going to have even less time for quality time together, or in general, have a symbiotic relationship. And she told me she just needs me to be supportive. I told her I wonder if she has the capacity to actually be in a relationship right now because I also have some needs that feel like they're consistently on the back burner. I told her that a relationship is supposed to be more equal and that I understand she's got a lot going on, but that she just can't check out of being a girlfriend when things get hard or complicated or busy. I myself work a full-time job, am on the board of a director for several orgs, am a dog-slash-cat mom, and have a side hustle project, but still make time. She just reiterated that she needs me to stop being so selfish and be supportive, and that she feels like she's having to use so much emotional bandwidth on us when she needs to be focused on school. I told her the last couple weeks I haven't been feeling much as her girlfriend, as I have her legal counsel Educational advisor and designated driver. Am I wrong here? Am I just not supposed to be, excuse me, am am I just not supportive enough? Am I selfish for wanting to be more of an equal partnership? Or is it okay that I feel like this isn't healthy and is draining? Am I selfish if we end things when she clearly needs a support system the most right now? Does that make me bad or a selfish person? My biggest fear is to be selfish. She keeps mentioning that when school is over, it will all be different. But the end feels so far away and it's a lot to put up with and all I've ever really known from her. I'm worried that the bright, fun person she claims to be, and I've gotten snippets of, may not actually come out in full swing because after school is bored and then, of course, settling into her new career. I feel like I'm holding on for a promise of how fun and carefree and caring she may be in the future. But now, the now is really tough and lacking. I'm so torn because I care about her so much and want to see her happy and succeed. But I don't know if she's in the place to be the kind of girlfriend I need right now. All right. Thank you, Sad in the Swamp.
1: We can just call her Sad.
0: Saddy, <laughs> cute. Um, okay, Saddy, thank you so much for writing. Um, I'm sorry you're in such a difficult predicament. Um, I think I relate to this letter because at a different time of my life, I've been the partner. Mm. I've been the person who is really needy. Mm-hmm. Maybe not because I was like studying to be in the medical field, <laughs> but because I was just a general hot mess. <laughs> <laughs> But I at least have I recognize some of the statements that are in this um, and kudos first sad to, to the fact that you are articulating yourself, mm-hmm. that it sounds like you're being relatively le- level headed about what you need um, and what you're or more importantly, what you're not getting. Yep. Um, and I recognize some of the statements you're making about that that a relationship can't be um, raising someone else or doing all of the adulting things for them Mm -hmm. sometimes it's just overwhelming to be an adult yeah and sometimes the programs or degrees uh or job paths that we are on do really make it impossible to do it all Mm -hmm. and that's kind of what's going on right now right is your ex is over her head current girlfriend (laughs) (laughs) little uh baby wishful thinking there (laughs) Just kidding, just kidding. But I am gonna probably say just break up.
1: <laughs> it is the name of the podcast. Right. I'm
0: not gonna say that. I'm gonna just say I'm gonna I'm gonna validate your needs and mm-hmm. tell you you're not being selfish. No, you're not. <laughs> not even a little. And uh, it's okay to ask for what you want in a relationship. Mm-hmm. I am gonna humanize and empathize with your girlfriend, yeah. <laughs> not ex, current girlfriend. Yep. Uh, because it's hard to be an adult. It's hard to. It's hard to eat healthy meals and raise a cat and pay your bills and mm-hmm. study for all of this stuff and pass your classes, et cetera, sure. et cetera.
1: A, it seems to be a very busy time in her life. Right. right? And that's legit.
0: Um, but I believe that in relationships, imbalance is actually pretty common mm-hmm. there are always places to give and take there are always strengths that you have that your partner doesn't and vice versa yep. there are always busier times or more stressful times for one than the other and you and you ebb and flow and you grow together but it's not imbalance is common but it's not always healthy mm-hmm. and this 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 seems a little unhealthy or unsustainable to me at this for point
1: sure. yep yeah my fear for you sad is that you are so afraid of being selfish that you are completely erasing yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, you know, I think that in relationships, it is good when your partner is going through times of stress to like step up a little bit more and like take on a little bit more and be more supportive. And that is, you know, part of what life is, right? Sometimes our partners need us more and sometimes they don't. But the fact that you uh, seem to be giving everything that you have and and making choices that you are not necessarily super comfortable with uh, because you are trying to support your girlfriend in this. And not only that, but she is still looking at it and saying, that's not enough. Like, you are asking for too much by just saying that you feel like you are right. giving too much. Um, like, that's a really big issue for me. Right, I can totally understand, you know, If you're dating someone that's in a program like this and they are busy all the time and it's like, well, you know, it's great to step up. It absolutely is. But I'm afraid that your fear of being selfish is making it uh, hard for you to see that she is actually being very selfish in this situation.
0: Mm -hmm. And to humanize you both a little bit, like I keep on going back to the conversation that you that you detailed for us that you were like hey I need more and she's like you're being selfish I just need you to be supportive Mm -hmm. and I'm trying to think about like what dynamic would lead me to that on Mm -hmm. both sides right and I realized it's because your partner is probably hella stressed out for sure and and hella uh struggling to keep her life together Mm -hmm. and that and it is a fact that you make her life easier Yep. You make her life better and she probably wants to be with you both for the fact that she you make her life easier, mm-hmm. period, and she has feelings for you. Yep. N- neither negate the other, but both of them exist. Mm-hmm. And I think that why she would use such harmful or it, I would argue that calling a partner selfish is harmful. Yeah. Uh in, it's
1: hurtful for in less, sure. Yeah.
0: Well, that's what I'm trying to unpack is like what would cause her to say that, right? I'm trying to like you have like you know, journey, everybody's on a journey, blah, 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 blah. I'm trying to tap into my (laughs) compassion. And my compassion saying like, she must be so stressed out Mm -hmm. to, to say, because why, what, what would bring me to say that is that I, I'm overworked. I'm exhausted. I have a lot of pressure on me. And the one person that I feel like I can lean on is saying, I need more from you. That would cause an unhealthy version of me Mm -hmm. to snap and be like, I just need you to be supportive. Like, how dare you ask more from me now when Mm -hmm. I need the most from you, right? And I'm only saying that to like, I don't know, paint a clearer picture that it is so obvious to me, sad, that your partner cannot love you well right now. Yep. It doesn't mean they don't have love for you. It doesn't mean they they aren't trying their damnedest. They're mm-hmm. probably trying really hard. But when we are stressed out and we are un- imbalanced and unhealthy because of whatever it is, whether it be mental health or past traumas or triggers or, or school programs or work stress, when we're imbalanced, then we tend to take it out on the people who we are the closest to. The most comfortable with, mm-hmm. and that just proves to me she, she, you are looking for love from uh, a bucket that has none mm-hmm. yep. essentially.
1: Yep, so sad. What you need to be asking yourself right now is, Do I want this? and not the promise of something bigger and better in the future, but in this right now, like, is this relationship making me happy, or is this relationship? Making me sad. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like you know those like, stickers so from elementary simplistic. school? Like, how <laughs> yeah, are you right. feeling? Smiley face, sad face, was, confused face. I was
1: like trying to think of like a, a word that wasn't way. sad. <laughs> yeah. But like that's the end of it, right? And it's, you know, you know, if the entire relationship has been this, right? And the promise of something great has always been around the corner, like that means that the whole relationship has been this. It has been unhappy. It yeah. has been you giving too much of yourself and your partner. Thinking that it's not enough, right? And that's not a healthy relationship. That's not a good way to feel in relationship with someone. And so at this point, like the promise has never come to fruition. And you need to ask yourself, like, M- is what I have in front of me, is what I have access to actually helpful for me? Yeah. And it seems like possibly not.
0: You are making her life way easier, but it's not your life. Right. Right. And I, it's not that I don't believe in these times of extreme sacrifice for the, the greater good of the relationship, mm-hmm. but this is, like Sam said, all you've ever known. Right. And so you have two options. You can, no, no, you have three. <laughs> you have three <laughs> options. Number one, you can stay as is mm-hmm. and you can expect as is because you have done nothing to change it, mm-hmm. period. Yeah. And I, that sounds silly, but I think it's always important to acknowledge what happens if I do nothing, nothing changes. Mm-hmm. Second option is you can break up and you can say, I can no longer support you in this way. This relationship is not fulfilling me. I know that you are trying your hardest. I know you have a lot on your plate, but it's obvious I don't fit on that plate.
1: Right. Hit me
0: up later when you're a rich doctor. Yeah,
1: right. seriously. (laughs) Once she starts working as a nurse anesthetist, you can definitely get her number.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Joking aside, but yes. (laughs) Um. And then the third option, sad, and, and I actually, as much of a nihilist as I am, I, I believe in this option. You can say, I love you. I believe in you. I am obviously willing to put aside a lot of my needs, both personal and romantic, to make this relationship work. Mm-hmm. Not just this relationship, but to help you accomplish your goals. Mm-hmm. You are doing this work to support her, not to make your relationship work. Mm-hmm. Let's Let's be clear. You're doing it to help her graduate.
1: Yep this yes. is not like oh that's such a good perspective right like all of this work that you're putting into this isn't about you and the relationship it's right. about her get, achieving her goal
0: right and so you which can, is not a bad thing no just exactly just calling it out yeah, yeah, yeah so so with this new perspective you can say i can help you achieve this goal mm-hmm. but i need you pay me <laughs> end of episode done best <laughs> advice we're ever gonna give make more money
1: listen your time and your emotional support are I know, worth exactly.
0: money <laughs> okay so, so let me finish this thought so you can you say listen i'm helping you accomplish this goal because i love you and i believe in your future and i want to support you with your non-romantic goal which is to to be rich <laughs> in the medical field uh-huh. uh, but i need x y and z in return and you need to be very clear mm-hmm. on what you're willing to offer Versus what she's asking for. Because I don't know how much of this you're doing without her actual specific request. And so be like, okay, I can do X, Y, and Z. But in return, I'd like one date night every two weeks. Mm -hmm. Or something like that. Like it has to be tangible. And you can can even say, Sad, you can say, please don't call me selfish. I'm doing the best that I can to support you during this very stressful time. Mm -hmm. And I know, sweetie, you're doing the best you can too. Yep. But if we can take the blame out of it, right. if we take the blame out of this situation, maybe just fucking maybe we can make it out of this relationship together.
1: For sure. And I think that that's that's absolutely the thing to do. It sounds like there's a lot of blame being cast on both sides of this relationship totally. around like who's being more selfish and who is asking for more. And it's, you know, like objectively, it's clear to me in Sierra that you are like giving more than you're right. getting.
0: But I, I meant what I said before of like, <laughs> I needed to th- I needed to get into her head and be like, well, what would make me say that? Yep. And it, it would be when I'm really stressed out, I'm working sure. 60 hours a week, I can't ever do anything right. And then my partner, the one person that I can quote unquote lean on or clock out around right. needs more from me. I would be like, oh my God, <laughs> like, for sure. what do you want from me? Yeah. And that, but that is me being, um, imbalance yep. and unhealthy to both me and and that partner.
1: Yeah, for sure. I get it. Like, after my dad died, it was like, anytime anyone asked me for something, I'd be like, D- you know my dad just died, right? <laughs> yeah, I <was> going
0: <laughs> like, to um, have no dead. capacity to yeah. be
1: anything but can selfish hand right Can you me that <laughs> salt shaker?
0: Uh, excuse me. <laughs> we're, we're at that point in grief where we can make jokes about it, guys. It's okay. We're okay. <laughs> um,
1: but it is true that, like, uh, that you know she is trying the best that she but can but that's
0: a, i'm sorry to go back to your father but that's a perfect example right like yeah. in that time you were so stressed and so traumatized that mm-hmm. you You could not respond with the love and compassion that people deserve, right? Does Mm -hmm. that make you a bad person? No. No. You were responding to the extreme circumstances around you. And sad. It sounds like your girlfriend is hella stressed out and is taking it out on you. Mm -hmm. Does that make it okay? No. No. Does that make her a bad person? Not necessarily. No. It's just a matter of what do you want? Yep. What do you want from her? Yep.
1: And that conversation that you can have of like, I know that you're trying your best. I am also trying my best is this enough for both of us? And if it's not, then you need to walk away. And if it is, like, if you can find a place where it's like, here's what I need, here's the the basics of what I need for right now until you get this job. And then we're going to have a whole different conversation about how we are going to, like, equalize this relationship. But for, like, but for right now, this is what I need. And if she's unable to deliver that, then at least you know that you will have asked for what you need and that you can feel good about walking away from the relationship because she's just not able or willing to give you even the basics of yeah. what you are asking for. The,
0: honestly, the last thing I'm going to say is, like, if she can't show up for that conversation, it's over. Yeah, like, no. if, if it is an immediate defense thing, that you and you bring it to her calmly and succinctly and respectfully and with compassion and, and, with and, compassion, yep, and, and, and she says, she is like, I can't believe you're asking for more from me, then you can say it's obvious you can't give it to me. I love you. Good luck.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: Oh, man, I wish I was this good at breaking up with people. <laughs> In real life, let me just own that for a second, y'all. Like, yeah, Sam and I. This is not how we live our lives. <laughs> I mean, it is. I and it's funny. I actually feel like the podcast is making me a better person because it's making oh, me it's way making me more me mindful. So,
1: so much of a better person. Ugh. Like comparing myself even to like when we started this, I'm like, oh, I actually believe some of the shit that I yes, say totally. Now.
0: <laughs> well, it's it kind of it's like your own little like bullshit meter in your head where yeah. I'm like. If I get frustrated with my girlfriend or something like that, I'm like, well, what, what's really going on here? Uh-huh. And I have to be accountable to the podcast when I am yep. not being my best, most healthy self.
1: It's like, what advice would I give someone who wrote in to us about this situation? And then I'm like, fuck. <laughs> I, I don't want to do it. But this
0: is a perfect example that like, <laughs> fuck, man, head and heart work just sucks sometimes. And it's hard and not intuitive. And it's. Oh, another person wrote in, I don't remember where, forgive me, but they said like, I want to know how you guys, uh, how do I get on this head and art journey? Or how do I, how do I know when I'm doing it right? (laughs) I know. And I was like, oh, I don't even know if I'm doing it. Like I still make major mistakes in my life, y'all. Like we still really struggle because being a human is really hard Yep, and communicating your feelings is really hard. Yep anyway sad thank <laughs> you for writing thank you for writing we love you so much good luck let us know how it goes yes
1: hey friends did you know that most americans think that they spend about 62 dollars per month on subscriptions but get this the real number is actually closer to 300 dollars that's literally thousands of dollars a year, half of which we've probably forgotten about. Thankfully, there's Rocket Money. And Rocket Money finds subscriptions that you forget about and they can help you cancel the ones that you don't want anymore. I did like a mental tally before we started recording of like how many, sub- how much money I actually pay on subscriptions every month. And I would have told you like, I don't know, 50 bucks. And after like... 30 seconds. It was like into the hundreds. So it's really great that Rocket Money exists to help you manage those unwanted subscriptions.
0: That's right. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that helps you find and cancel your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending and helps lower your bills so you can grow your savings. With Rocket Money, I have full control over my subscriptions and a clear view of my expenses. I can see all of my subscriptions in one place. And if I see something I don't want, Rocket Money can help me cancel it within a few taps. I love how the dashboard shows me the monthly spending as compared to last month so i can drag myself you know once a month uh and i can clearly see all of my spending habits plus they'll help me create a custom budget and keep my spending on track
1: rocket money will even try to negotiate lower bills for you by up to 20 percent all you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and rocket money takes care of the rest they'll deal with customer service for you All right. Our next letter comes from Mark, who is writing from the United Kingdom. Hi, guys. I recently discovered your delightful podcast, and I've binged it. You do amazing work, and you're both wonderful human beings. I fully expect some tough love or a shaking of my shoulders. I've analyzed this over and over, and while I feel confident in my feelings, I wonder if there's a little internalized male privilege going on, Hmm. or maybe I'm just a lost cause. Who knows? Well, hopefully you guys do. (laughs) Yeah, right.
0: (laughs) No promises, Mark. That's cute.
1: I'm in my early 30s. I've had a string of relationships, some lasting years, including one marriage, but every one had left me feeling deeply unfulfilled, and it's taken me a long time to realize this. I've never never felt love returned to the same extent I have given. This, of course, is just my perception, and I should point out that I have chronic self-esteem issues. Last year, however, after a bit of... Close After a bit of close to a year of mer- of a marriage breakdown, I met somebody on Tinder, a cis woman. We hated off and planned a second date before the first one had even taken place. The first date itself was something really special. We met in a pub during a day of heavy snowfall. The chemistry was undeniable for us both, and we spent hours bonding over our passion for feminism and our love of books. I
0: oh, might time out, though. Seasonal-based chemistry? Or like, or... Uh, <laughs> weather-based chemistry uh-huh. you know like oh fall crisp lovely or like yeah. snow
1: yeah oh, oh we're inside safe cozy. from the snowstorm. <laughs> oh right
0: i want to kiss you in the snow i know oh god i'm such a sucker for it
1: <laughs> <laughs> we walked in the snow
0: <laughs> god damn it it's ruined
1: <laughs> we walked in the snow and hugged but i was a little too nervous to kiss her anywhere but her cheek The second date followed, somehow even better than the first, and we ended up going back to hers, where she cried while we were in bed, telling me that she felt really safe and happy. More dates followed, and I very quickly found I I was having the most fulfilling relationship I had ever had. I felt seen, valued, and despite the short period of time, I felt loved. She often said I spoke to her and treated her in the ways that she'd always wanted, in a partner, and she often repeated conversations with her friends in which she gushed about me. After a month... I'd realized that I'd fallen in love. And during an unguarded moment, I told her how I was feeling. Her face dropped. She grew sullen and said, we're in different places, aren't we? After we spoke for a while, she mused whether she should, whether we should break up as she did not want to be unfair to me. But when I suggested she may be having, she may be feeling the same. She smiled and admitted that she was feeling the beginnings. However, over the next few weeks, she became withdrawn and I blindly hung on to a relationship that, that had begun to fall apart. The inevitable breakup was hard. She wanted to remain friends, and I would unfairly negotiate as to how and why she should try again. After a few weeks apart, we decided to go on a romantic away that, we, uh, that we'd already booked because that's a really good idea, right? <laughs> During the trip, just she- a general, <laughs> yeah, right?
0: general podcast statement you don't have to go on the, the vacation that you booked. No. When you were together and now you're apart.
1: You don't have to go to that concert together. Uh-uh. You don't have to go to that baseball game. You
0: don't have to go to your ex's new play. No.
1: You <laughs> do not have to do any of those things. You are not obligated. During the trip she... But I get it, though. Like, <laughs> if yeah, I had no, tickets I right gonna... now, I'd be
0: like, come on, you fucking Voldemort. I'm like, let's go to the beach.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about like we're such bullshitters. Because we'd never take any of those advice. We'd be like, oh, the Bahamas? Great. Let's go, Satan.
1: Seriously. Be like, I spent a thousand dollars on that trip.
0: <laughs> Mark, we're just laughing at ourselves. <laughs> yeah,
1: not at you. During the trip, she encouraged me to act as her boyfriend again, and we had a highly charged and romantic time, followed by a huge argument on the drive home and crying into each other's arms before she left the car. She would then ignore any attempts I made to reach out, quite rightly. And then, in apparent weaker moments, would get in contact with me and engage conversation. We only spoke when she wanted to. This continued until we met for drinks some months later, and after seemingly flirting with each other, I suggested we try again. She got really mad and stormed off after saying some hurtful things. I'm ashamed to admit that I pretty much harassed her via text for a day or so until she blocked my number and we've never spoken since. Mm. This was all about 18 months ago. It took me a long time to even want to date again, and I've drifted in and out. I've processed this two-and-a-half-month relationship over a ton of therapy, self-reflection, and conversations with friends. I now see behaviors in my ex that were red flags, such as her unusual habit of frequently lying about little <laughs> things. And those and those around me pointed out that the relationship was very much on her terms, and I was running around after her. So it wasn't as great as I thought, after all. The problem I have now is this— Even though the connection may not have been genuine, I'm still trying to replicate that initial chemistry, whether it will be unconsciously or consciously. On one hand, I feel like this is all because I've simply discovered my love language, but now I know exactly what I need to feel fulfilled in a relationship. On the other hand, I worry that I may not be entirely over this ex, which only feels silly and unreasonable, but I honestly do believe that I am. Or worse, do I have unrealistic expectations or an unhealthy sense of entitlement? Thank you so much for reading.
0: Mark, thank you so much for writing. Thank you for your honesty and your accountability. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry that you went through this. It sounds like uh, it's been really weighing on your mind, Mm -hmm. on your sense of self and your heart. And it's always hard. And damn, one of my favorite things about this letter, not favorite, but (laughs) one of the things that stood out to me is like the short relationships that just suck you dry and Uh you're like excuse me i knew you for like six weeks why do i have your name like tattooed on the inside of my skull (laughs) you know
1: uh no that's totally true and it's like how much does it suck to think that you and someone you're with are at the same point oh my god and then realize first of all that you're not and then also the relationship. Is, deteriorates because you are at different points and yes. like you were the one that brought it up like that's
0: a particular type of seriously uh decomposition as we can call it <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure um <clears throat> i th- I want to say a blanket statement first and and I'm interested if you agree or not Sam um it sounds like mark you are putting a lot of energy into analyzing this mm-hmm I don't want to say overthinking, mm-hmm. but my first, like, nurturing instinct is is to say, like, just deep breath. You did the best that you could. Yep. You made mistakes. So yep. did she. Mm-hmm. And you don't necessarily need to ring this through. Um, put this through the ringer again to Mm -hmm. figure out a greater meaning or a greater purpose or a greater accountability. It sounds like you're very, uh, maybe not guilt ridden, but you're very aware of when you overstepped your boundaries. What does it mean to be a man in this new world of hopefully more accountability? Like it sounds like you're thinking about all the right things, but I kind of want to just give you permission to clock out of all of that accountability and just grieve, and just recognize that you tried, and she tried, and it didn't work. Yeah, does that make sense? Like yeah. it's hard sometimes. Don't get me wrong. Like, shout out to my particularly white straight men <laughs> <laughs> friends of mine, or or, or men in gener- general. I I have seen this reoccurring thing where, um, the men that do really take on or internalize their own privilege, mm-hmm. it 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 can come sometimes be all-consuming to be like how do i exist in a world that is constantly uh that constantly benefits me and oppresses the people i love sure don't get me wrong like i think part of that is like a reparation energetically (laughs) (laughs) but i but do you know what i'm talking about do you feel that way or or do you do you pick that up from mark's letter
1: oh i for sure pick it up from mark's letter and i um you know do feel that way sometimes i think that that um, that in terms of like how do you actually become an ally in this space is about like not getting fixated on that guilt, and yes. being aware of the ways in which society pr- continues to benefit you. Yes, and by taking actions to mitigate and or reparate right. those benefits. I right?
0: think I'm so glad you spoke. To that because that's the word I was looking for. Like it's n- it is obvious, Mark, that you are accountable to your actions and your position in the world. Mm-hmm. You don't need to fixate on it. Right. There's yep. no healing or reparation in your fixation. Absolutely. I love that word that you chose. That's yep. exactly what's happening here. I think. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's my first blanket statement I think I want to make.
1: Is uh, it reparate a word? I don't think it is. I think I just it made it up. so good. <laughs>
0: Thank you. <laughs> you sounded like a doctor. <laughs> um, I have a PhD in bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so so the second thing I want to say, Mark, is from, I pulled it from like one of your first paragraphs that you wrote, which was you said, this was easily and quickly becoming one of the most fulfilling relationships of my life. Yeah. And I want to say... No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> I want to I want to dethrone or uh-huh. take the crown off of that relationship and say, "No, no, no. This is not the most fulfilling relationship of your life. You were the most authentic version of yourself mm. in the beginning. So you yep. were Like, if you want to think about it in a hippie woo woo energy way, like you were most yourself, most open to what the potential of that relationship could be. Mm -hmm. And so you brought your most authentic self to the table and it felt really real. Right. right? But is it the most fulfilling? No. Just because you felt that taste of glory or like that taste of an authentic connection that could potentially go somewhere. This is not your most fulfilling relationship.
1: No, I think that this was a relationship in which all of the things that you thought that you wanted were Could fulfilled. Be found. Right. Yeah. But in reality it was a a painted face. <laughs> <laughs>
0: fancy lady (laughs) right it wasn't
1: real like the things that you thought that you were feeling and the things that you thought that she was feeling were not actually happening right like
0: right like they were real to you but they were um the foundation wasn't being built absolutely
1: and so it wasn't actually that fulfilling it was just that she knew the right things to say to you or she like or you like found the surface level things that like marked for you that this was great but in actuality like it wasn't a fulfilling relationship, and there are other people out there who are going be to be able to fulfill you in a much more nourishing and real way than yeah. this relationship. This did. is not
0: to, to discredit her or the connection that you felt immediately. It's more like Sam and I want you to pull back and think, "Dang!" Like even though I've had I've struggled with these relationships in the past, that doesn't mean this one that mm-hmm. I wanted so badly to work somehow outdoes the others just because i had a taste of what it's like to love authentically Mm -hmm. as myself wholly yeah um i just don't want you to i want you to get kick this relationship off its throne right like it doesn't deserve to be there you do
1: right and what is it how much better is it going to feel when i am able to love authentically with someone who also authentically loves me right right and so um and so I don't want you to take this relationship as being the template upon which other relationships are built, right? Because totally. like I think it can be really easy for us to to experience a brief and very intense relationship and feel all of the things that come with that and then be like, well, that intensity. Was the marker of a good relationship, oh or was oh like oh the god. marker <laughs> of a very strong connection? Oh my and god, and it's actually not because it turns out your connection wasn't actually that strong, like you were both in very different places, talking very different languages, and the intensity was not actually helpful for you. The right. intensity was blinding you from the fact that she was not with Where you, you when yeah. you thought that you were, yeah. right? And so, that intensity is addicting for sure, and like. Lord, did I love brief two-month relationships that were
0: so I loved them intense. so much, I extended them to two years. <laughs> and I then, was like, this is going to be great.
1: Yeah, and then lived two with years for two later, years later. I'm like a,
0: the love version of a heroin addict.
1: <laughs> um, And so, you know, I, I want you to create a little more space in your life for things that don't look this intense. Yes. And for finding that love that might build more slowly and with authentic communication and with like checking in to make sure everyone's on the same page and talking about your feelings in a meaningful way um which is hard to do when you are that wrapped up in the intensity of of a very brief and passionate passionate yeah intellectual relationship
0: yeah i totally agree i want to talk a little bit about your comment about entitlement and then i I want to close maybe talking about what does it mean to be over someone. Mm-hmm. So first about your entitlement. And I think you're trying to think about yourself as a man, um, as like it, your energy in that relationship, how you felt like you overstepped some boundaries sometimes, you know, and, and how you look back on it now. You're struggling to define your mm-hmm. entitlement or those feelings of entitlement. And and I know you know that none of us are entitled to any other human or mm-hmm. human's attentions. I know you know that. But I do want to say, like, s- replace the world entitlement with desire. Mm-hmm. We all have desire for people that we love to love us. Yep. Like we all it we all want people. That we like to to reciprocate that feeling. For sure. And that can sometimes be confused or look like a distant cousin of entitlement. Like, I just want, I have all this love for you. Why don't you love me back? Yep. You know? And I just want to say, it's okay to hurt over that. Mm -hmm. It sucks to be unwanted. For sure. It sucks to be broken up with. It sucks to be rejected, especially when we have unrequited feelings. Mm -hmm. And I just want to like put out that out in the world and yeah. say I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, I am sorry too, and I want to say that like the actions that you took in that in that world of of pain um, were maybe not the best, but you were again doing the best that you could with the tools and yeah. resources that you had available to you.
0: Honestly, I, I got like I I have to be a hundred percent transparent and say I felt uncomfortable for a second reading that mm-hmm. when I went through. And then I thought to myself, two things. I thought, are you feeling that way because he is a man? Yep. Right? Mm -hmm. And two, have you ever done that, Sierra? Right. And the fucking strong and loud answer is yes. I have definitely overstepped boundaries when it came to communication, when relationships were broken down. And that's nothing I'm proud of. And, Mark, I just want to see you in this and say, like, we... Are allowed to do things that we um, regret, yep. and that we always make mistakes. And we are humans; we change and we grow, and and we act out in our pain. And that's not our most shining moment. That, but that doesn't deserve. For sure. That doesn't mean we don't deserve redemption.
1: Yes, absolutely. But I also want to say that you know, operating in the world as a cis, straight, white man, like
0: we're also assuming he's white.
1: True, but. Uh, you know, it is important that to recognize that the actions that you have have a different impact on people because of who you are. Right. And so the fact that you, you know, continue to text her for days at a, for days at a time has a different way of has a different impact on her than if it were Sierra because Sierra is a, a woman, right? <laughs>
0: <clears throat> I, I get what you're saying.
1: <laughs> and so, like, it's about the awareness of that and recognizing the fact that it is up to you, Mark to be a better person in that situation because of the impact that you can have on other people's lives. So the fact that you are a man harassing a woman is really unacceptable and it is frightening and scary. And so like, you need to be aware of that fact in the future, you know, absolutely can't go back and change it, but it's important, like showing up and being aware of your privilege is then taking that awareness and actually turning it into action and recognizing the ways in which our The way that we move through the world as white men has an impact on people in ways that we don't intend it because of the privilege that we have been given.
0: Right. And I agree with all of that. I also I think there is several different sizes of umbrella statements we're making here. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that umbrella just fits you and Mark. (laughs) And then the next umbrella fits anybody who's been broken up with, which is black, black, black. Yeah. Put the phone down. Don't act out in pain because you'll regret it, period. Right. Yep. And no shame to, I mean, it's not even about shame. It's about I wish upon everyone accountability and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, And Mark, the last thing I think I want to touch on is the idea of being over this person because it, that seems like another thing that you're sort of not fixating on, but like concerned. Like what if I'm not over her or mm-hmm. am I or what does it mean that I miss that? that feeling that we had in the beginning and I just want to like put it out into the universe or particularly to my universe Sam Blackwell (laughs) and say like what what is over someone because I think I have an idea of what it is but me the bleeding heart I can hear the wrong song and or like see somebody on social media because I uh, didn't block, block block them or whatever it is and and kind of or my brain can wander right like let me wander back to this person. Yeah. Uh and even though I'm happy and healthy and moved on and in love, I can still sometimes feel those pangs of dang. Like I think the simplest way to put it is dang. That was the best we could do. Mm-hmm. And that makes me sad to this day. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. What do you think being over means?
1: I mean, I don't think that it's like a um a, a like a checkpoint Yeah, right? totally. Like there's no point at which you're like, Oh, I'm I'm completely over that person. Totally. I think that like we all bring experiences and memories into every part of our being, right? And so it's hard to say like, Oh, I I hate that person or like, oh, I don't think about that person or oh I don't remember that good time. Instead yeah. it's like, How often does it happen? Mm-hmm. Right. Like and what what impact does it have on us and I think it gets easier and easier over time to fondly remember good things about someone that you've lost um but I don't think that it ever stops happening
0: yeah I totally agree mark we hope this gives you something to chew on something to think about or return to when you are a little bit unsure of yourself Mm -hmm. thank you so much for writing we love you thank you all right our last letter is from hurting but Healing, who is writing to us from California. Hi, guys. I just wanted to say thank you so much. Like, you've kept me afloat this week, head above water, life jacket activated, because on Monday, my first serious relationship, a 10-month run, ended. I'm 27, so it was a big deal for me, as I thought I was mature enough, emotionally aware enough to work through this beautiful, sometimes painful thing. I also live by the Worcestershire quote, forgive me any errors, quote, I'm so in love with my alone. I'll only have you if you're sweeter than my solitude. So I thought this person who was sweeter than my solitude was my person. I hadn't felt this way about another person before, didn't experience certain things or feelings before this relationship. I actually thought I was asexual and aromantic, uh, for, some, aromantic for some years. Literally, no one and nothing did it for me until I realized two years ago I'm bi but just fucking picky AF with who I let into my space. So this was very new. I was head over heels. Even with the emotional legwork he needed to do, I was game. I was ready for the long haul of figuring each other out and loving each other through it all. Long story short, the relationship was toxic. I was giving more than I got, and his baggage got the better of him. He, on top of it was the one who broke it off. I wasn't able to do so. So brownie points for him for doing what I couldn't, but also a terrible bitterness at myself is a factor. Whispers of being weak, of not being independent, the independent person I thought I was, invade my mind in the really dark times. Regardless, I was de- devastated. Am devastated. I'm still trying to figure out this confusion slash bitterness at myself for being independent, self-aware, and even seeing the warning signs, but loving him anyway. Not leaving, even if I was being hurt, badly. Everyone I love and trust telling me that this wasn't good, but going forward anyway because I thought I at least needed to try. Sad and hurt at myself for not being able to be the one to break it off, something I needed but couldn't give to my own health and heart. The whiplash I feel after never really wanting a relationship before this person came around, being so in love with my alone for 27 years, the most content in my own space, loving nothing more than to starfish on my own queen bed, and now finding my bed empty, my empty alone time, the opposite of sweet. I miss him, even all with, with all the bad. Be- but that's where this podcast comes in. You're helping me process the lonely, the sweet-turned confusion, the comfort-turned loss. So thank you over and over again. I deeply appreciate you both. All right. Hurting but healing. We love you so much. We do. Um, I want to tackle this letter f- out the gates <laughs> by bringing up an idea that I think will be empowering for many people, because I think there's a very common thread in this letter, which is I wasn't strong enough to leave them. Mm -hmm. I know that a huge, a huge portion of our listeners will relate to that. Mm -hmm. I relate to that. I knew my relationship was bad. And even when I was being broken up with, I tried to save it because there was some sort of like weird fucked up, sickly martyr in me mm-hmm. that was like no 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 we're gonna make this work or else all of this suffering doesn't have a reason like if we don't get married then why did i put up with all this shit <laughs> you know what i mean like why did i overstep my boundaries and morals so often if this isn't gonna work out yeah and more importantly to hurting but healing's point like i consider myself a very strong-minded person hmm and, like, who am I if I can't leave somebody who's hurting me badly for sure? And what I want to bring to the table is the idea that the idea the the concept of being quote strong enough or independent enough to do the right thing is fake <laughs> it's It's too black and white for how complicated and nuanced we are as humans, yep. To say, well, I'm a strong, independent woman, so I'm always going to make the right choice for myself. For sure. That's a fucking super steep expectation to have of yourself. Absolutely. And and the reality is, hurting but healing, sometimes you just need people. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just need people to help you. And even more so, sometimes... You need someone to make the hard, right decision for you, mm. even if that decision hurts you. Mm-hmm. I think back to my ex and I think, thank God he dumped me. Thank <laughs> God I'm dumpable. Uh-huh. Right? Thank God he didn't love me enough to stay with me yep. so that I could go on, heal my own damn self, right. grow my own life and, and find a love that didn't make me work or hurt so much.
1: For sure. Yeah, I mean, I think it's hard because... I think that we have been taught by society that um, that we can control relationships or that like we can understand relationships in a way in which we can always make the exact right decision at the right time. And that by either not participating in relationships, so like focusing on ourselves and like making sure that we are cool with ourselves and, and um, like that we love ourselves and we're strong and independent uh, will somehow set us up. To not get into a quagmire of a relationship, but the reality is, is that like awful relationships happen to everyone. Right, right. You
0: could be a pro tennis player <clears throat> that you studied playing tennis your whole life, but you're gonna fail a cooking class Absolutely. if it's your first one.
1: And you could be, you could watch tennis from the sidelines and know every detail about it and know exactly how the pros do it and know exactly how the angles work yeah right (laughs) like and just like and know every fact and detail but then suddenly once you're on the court you realize that like sitting on the sideline has served you in some ways but you don't know what it feels like to have a crowd watching you to be facing off against an opponent and being asked to serve the ball right like it's You know, it's impossible to ever fully be prepared to enter a relationship and know exactly what to do and exactly how to do it. Right. And so it's important that we forgive ourselves for the mistakes that we make and also move through the world being like, I don't actually know this thing. Right. I don't know it. And so, first of all, I have to be open to learning. I also have to be cautious and aware of what's happening and I have to be okay with the fact that I'm going to make mistakes and that people are going to hurt me, but that relationships and being in relationship with people is so worth it that I'm willing to make these mistakes and, and put my heart out there and take these risks.
0: Right. Yeah. And just remember too, that your heart has never experienced something like this. So it doesn't take away the value of you, your time spent alone, your time spent prioritizing yourself and your independence. It you're experiencing something new mm-hmm. and guess what heartache just sucks it does it hurts so much <laughs> it hurts so much and it and it hurts particularly i i read it in all of the words that you chose to use That you created this life of safety and comfort and independence and fulfillment by yourself. And all of a sudden, the schmuck comes along, Mm -hmm. fucks up your priorities, and now you feel like a fool. Mm -hmm. But you're just not. You're not. And you can give this experience all of the power and and say, you know what? I got my power taken away from me. Or you can say, I put myself out there. I Mm -hmm. chose to risk feeling this way because I want to live a life that contains the multitude of human experiences which includes other people which Mm -hmm. includes potentially being hurt and we just want you to know hurting and healing that you are still that strong independent person you just have this experience now under your belt to to glean knowledge and experience from absolutely and we're sorry
1: Yeah, right. Your heart is hurting, (laughs) absolutely, and it's it's no fun to lie in bed and miss that person on the other side of the bed. Fuck
0: all of that. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) All right, hurting but healing. We hope that you're doing more than the latter these days. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for writing.
1: We We love love you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that brings us to the blind date segment of our show, which is when we set you up with something that we really like. This week we want to send you home with?
0: Uh, It's actually a book that I just read that's uh, getting a lot of buzz this summer. It's like a popular book this year called Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens. Okay. Uh, I liked it for two reasons. One, I thought the story was really good. Mm -hmm. I I love the way it was written. It's constructed in a really creative way. Um, There's a murder that you learn about in the very beginning that happens in like the late 60s, but then the book starts in the early 50s and it kind of bounces back and forth and leads you up to this, to the late 60s. Mm -hmm. Um, So I thought it was really well written and it is, I'm not, I won't give any more away, but I'll just say the main character is really isolated and ostracized. And it is, I read a review That said, as another person who has always struggled to find my home in the world, I found this book really comforting. Mm. Yeah. And uh, I just thought the story was well written. It has nothing to do with self-help, but like all art and literature is always connected to humanity. For sure. (laughs) Um, And uh, I also really liked it because the author is it's her debut novel and her and the author, I don't know her actual age, mm-hmm. but I'm guessing has to be in her late forties, fifties. Wow. Awesome. And that is just such a great reminder for us creative people out there. Same with Tony Morrison. I think Tony Morrison published her first book at 40. Mm-hmm. So it's just as I sit here and sweat all summer about the novel that I'm quote unquote writing <laughs> <laughs> that is coming out me like a slow, slow, slow slow thing that comes out of the body sure i just don't know where this metaphor is going (laughs) like a toenail (laughs) yeah like an ingrown toenail that you just have to carry around while it's dying on your foot for a year (laughs) oh god um anyway definitely buy my book (laughs) (laughs) it's just it's refreshing to be like oh dang i can do this Uh, it takes time to be an artist and also that you can always do something new like mm-hmm. later in life it you can always reinvent yourself. Yeah. So that's the where the book called Where the Crawdads Sing.
1: Great. All right, everyone, thank you so much for listening. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Breakup Pod.
0: You can also slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes, but most importantly, you can submit all your questions about all matters of the heart at justbreakuppod.com, which is also where you can find our merchandise. <laughs>
1: Please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and review and consider supporting us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for $5 a month, you get an additional bonus weekly episode. It's $5 a month for an additional weekly episode, patreon.com slash justbreakuppod. This literally keeps the lights on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers, giving them relationship advice.
0: Original music recording, editing, and producing by our friend Big Cats. Make sure to check out his podcast, The What If Podcast. And remember, you are allowed to get to know this new version of yourself. You are no longer that person in that yearbook from years ago. You are no longer that person who was afraid, that took care of that sick love for too long. What are your values now? What are your goals now? They are allowed to change. Change is okay. And you are allowed to be new. And if all else fails,
1: just break up.